This is Authors in Focus. Hi, I'm Michael Evan. I'm a writer, publisher, and author publicist. Looking for a fun satirical read? Check out the Cider and Ale Chronicles, available on Amazon by myself and JMD Read. And coming up at the end of March, the Max and the Captain trilogy. Today, I'm joined by Peter Servidio, author of the Earth Has Fallen series and the Agents of Tomorrow series. How are you doing, Peter? I'm doing well, Mike. Thanks for having me. Oh, my pleasure. So I always like to start these interviews with a couple of fun questions before we get into the more weighty writing-related stuff. So my first question is, if you could have a drink with any author, living or dead, who would it be and why? Ooh, that's a good one. I would have to go with, can I pick two? <laughs> I, there are no rules. Oh, right. Who, who, so, um, who, needs, who needs rules? <laughs> so if it were a dead author, it would be uh, Tolkien. Um, he was one of the first authors that I, I read that really got me interested in, in writing. Um, just his world, world building and how he really made the images jump out of the book. I, I love that. I'd love to pick his brain. I think he was so far before his time. Um, and then for a living author, it'd be Stephen King. Um, just being a fellow person from Maine, I'd love to sit down with him and uh, have a beer and, and just, just talk shop. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm a huge Stephen King fan. Actually, um I think what I like most about Stephen King, um, aside from, you know, the typical answer, which is the scary supernatural stuff, is his characterization, um, especially the uh, the way he gets into the minds of his characters and does a lot of fourth wall breaking. I think that the Dark Tower series specifically, which, you know, is probably his most different series, has been a huge influence on every outline that I've ever come up with. Yeah, I also loved, he wrote a fantasy novel, Dragon Eyes, uh, that came out some time ago that was really well done as well. Right. Oh, yeah, that, oh, the Eye of the Dragon. Um, yes, there it is. Thank you. That one, I think, actually also ties into the Dark Tower, doesn't it? It does. Yeah, he, all, all his books have some little Easter egg or reference to that, which um, I think is really cool. So, very cool. And Tolkien, yeah, um, you know, I, I mean, I don't know if he would be my first choice, but definitely a fan and definitely uh, love what he did with language. And, you know, Lord of the Rings is a beautiful text. I've read it many times. So my next question is uh, one that I'm going to steal from my other podcast, Book and a Pint. Does fruit belong on pizza? Yes or no? No. Yeah, just a straight ahead no. A straight no. I'm not even going to elaborate on it. You see, I, I had this. I would have I agreed with you. Up until I tried pineapple on an Alfredo-based pizza. Oh, yeah, I don't know, man. I think that goes right in the trash can. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> it's a common, you know what? And, every, and, I, and I'm pretty sure that the Hawaiian pizza actually started in Canada. So we take. Why do Canadians think that everything started in Canada? I don't. I, from <laughs> what I under, from what I understand, pineapple on pizza actually did start in Canada. I mean, it does um, sound like a Canadian thing. I got to give you that. I mean, that, <laughs> and right, I can say how, that how Mike, long, because how long have we been doing this podcast? <laughs> it, it, it can be the shortest one. We've, I'm only kidding. Um, but uh, yeah, no. I, I in all seriousness, up until very recently, I fully agreed with you. So, um, 
So let's get into uh, your writing. Now you have, um, obviously you have a series that is out and another series that is just starting. Um, when did you know you wanted to be a writer? Because you haven't, I mean, your stuff came out, uh, has been coming out fast and it's been coming out, you know, relatively uh, in very recent times. So when did you know you wanted to be a writer and what led to your decision to start publishing books? Definitely. I'd say wanting to be a writer ever since I can remember. Um, even a little kid, I used to always write stories and loved creating worlds and, and, you know, letting characters play out their fates on the paper, um, playing Dungeons and Dragons and writing backgrounds for the characters. And, uh, so I, I've wanted to be a writer my whole life. It wasn't up until, you know, this past year where I think I finally took the leap and, and was willing to take a chance and put my writing out in front of other people. And that's always been my biggest fear. Um, I always was worried about what are people going to think about my writing? So, uh, finally this past, this past summer, I, I sat down and had went through a lot of the stuff I'd written and polished up some pieces for Earth has Fallen. And I uh, said, you know what? I'm going to pull the trigger and put it out there and, and, you know, we'll see. Some people may like it. Some people may not. Um, but hopefully the few that do read it are entertained. And it's been a good response so far. I've had uh, people read it. They've reached out to me directly to, to say they've enjoyed it. Um, I've even got people that, you know, reach out with ideas on how to continue forward and what I could have added to it. Or And it, it's really neat to interact with the readers. And that's a part of writing that I, I didn't expect. Yeah, it is a really cool series. And it's, it's um, you know, the books are not crazy long. so it's And they move at a really fast pace. So it's definitely easy. Um, it's a binge-worthy series, I would say. I always laugh too when someone tells me they're not very long. I'm like, I feel like they're a hundred thousand words a piece. Well, even though, even though, <laughs> even though they're just novellas. I was gonna, I was gonna bring this up later on, but this is actually one of the things that when I, when we first started talking, we connected on is that I'm the type of person that will sit there writing and I'll, I'll think that I've, it feels like torrents of words are coming out of me and yep. that I'll be like really, really stoked about my writing day. And then I'll, I always do this and it's like, I'm a glutton for punishment. I have no idea why I do it, but I'll always take my, my word count for the day and I'll put it into like one of those word counter um, <laughs> apps on, and, and it'll be like, you've written 3,250 words. And I'm like, yeah. what? <laughs> yes. I literally, like it feels like 15 to 20,000 words coming up. And like, and I'm not kidding, like 3,150 is like a big day for me. Well, I figured out why, though, now. I've realized it's because it's quality, not quantity, right? Right, right. True. <laughs> I mean, that that said, I mean, not, I, I, and I know you're joking. Obviously, <laughs> I am, too. But it's just, um, it's just, so when I say not, not long, um, I always find that, um, and one of the reasons, one of the things that's cool about, uh, even with, with my, Cider and Ale series is because the books are kind of like all in the, you know, 120 to 180 page length. It's very easy to get like, you know, people to read through the series and, and drop reviews on like a box set. Yes. So that's, uh, it's definitely just, it's something I noticed, but, um, what, uh, so I have a segment on this podcast that, you know, because I think it's really important, um, which is just pimp your book. So, or in this case, Pimp Your Series. So let's start with Earth is Fallen because it's the one that's already out. Um, yeah. What are people going to get when they read this series? Like what, what's, what's the reason they should be, uh, you know, just binging this series and, you know, being completists on it and grabbing all the books? 
Definitely. I think the biggest thing about Earth Has Fallen that I love, and all the writing that I do, is I write so people can have an escape and have enjoyment to sit down and read a series. Honestly, you can read the Earth Has Fallen series over a weekend if you chose to. And sit down and read it, enjoy it, escape, and just get away from what's going on in the everyday life. And look at you know the world through a different lens. And with Earth, Earth Has Fallen being you know, fast-paced, it's a page-turner, and you sit down and you read through it. And just get some enjoyment, get some entertainment. And I think that's one thing we've been missing in the world today is with everything going on with COVID and everything else and all these issues happening across our planet. I think as a society, we forget that we can just sit down and be entertained. We can just have that escape for a little while, a couple hours and and just enjoy ourselves. And I think that was my my basic goal in, in all the books I've written is to let people escape reality. Right. With a with a really scary dystopia. Yeah, I mean, what life could be like? <laughs> like you we're think not our, bad like, now. Like we're not. Like we're not already. We haven't already been living a scary dystopia for the last two years, right? But but it could. Um, but it could be worse. <laughs> right. <laughs> but in all seriousness, though, um, having having read the first book and and um, which is a lot for me because I hardly have a chance to to actually read anything anymore. Um, what were some of the um, of the I guess media influences, um, you know, from anywhere from, from movies to other books with similar themes, uh, gaming, music, anything that, um, that inspired the series. Yeah. Um, you know, I've always been a fan of, of post apocalyptic. I've always enjoyed that whole thought of, you know, what could be, and especially as we were living through the pandemic now, you know, kind of like feeling like we are living in, in an apocalyptic society a little bit with things that have been happening. So, you know, I've pulled from, you know, Mad Max series. I enjoy how the world kind of um, devolved. Uh, looking at different books, you know, The Hunger Games, definitely. I, I'd say my writing, you know, is young adult through adult, um, the target audience I try and hit. And then really looking at what's going on in our societies, I always try and pull in a realistic facet to my writing. So when Earth has fallen, it's the idea of a nuclear, you know, nuclear holocaust. I mean, I grew up, you know, during the Cold War where everyone was always worried about, is there going to be a nuclear war? What's going to happen? Um, so playing on that idea of, you know, this could be a reality someday. Uh, same thing with the Agents of Tomorrow series. I'm playing with the idea of a contagion that's out there and a virus and sometimes the cure being worse than, than the virus itself and, and what it could lead to. Um, so putting those pieces of, of reality into the story, I, I enjoy doing that and then adding the fantastical around it. Awesome. Um, and yeah, like, I mean, you mentioned, uh, demographics, um, you know, when Hunger Games uh, came out, obviously it was being, it was that next big thing that was being devoured by all the people who had read Twilight and mm. all the people who had read Harry Potter before that. And I was actually really surprised when I read it, how adult it actually was. Yes. It's definitely like, you know, anyone that, that, that tries to tell you that Hunger Games is like a kid series um, <laughs> is, is, you know, a little bit off day. I mean, I think that young readers can definitely read it, but I, I, it, definitely has like adult appeal it's kind of like spongebob right (laughs) um yeah spongebob is a good example like i you know people love it and um obviously the if you the movie that came out last year like with the keanu reeve with keanu reeves and yes and a lot of the a lot of the jokes are are definitely not jokes that are uh geared towards typical children Mm -hmm. so yeah i um yeah, and I definitely did notice that vibe. So that's really cool. Now, 
on a personal level, and I ask this question because this is something that I just cannot get away from. Did you bring any elements of, of your own life and your own person, I guess your own persona and um, the personas or personalities of people in your own life uh, into your writing? Because it's something that, you know, a lot of writers do and I'm always entirely guilty of. I'm a somewhat narcissistic writer in the sense <laughs> that I'm trying to avoid the, uh, either the third or first person characteristics of right. my MCs being avatars of myself. Yeah, I think as a writer, uh, even subconsciously, I think we, we do it all the time. And looking at different characters, both in Earth Has Fallen and in Agents of Tomorrow, um, you know, I work within the prison system as, as an educator. And, you know, the main character in Agents of Tomorrow is definitely a combination of, of a lot of the men that I work with in the prison system, um, pulling him together. And in Earth Has Fallen, looking at Laredo and some of the other characters, I look at and I read through and I, I like look at Laredo's mother and like, oh, wait, that's characters of my mom that are being held there. Or I see a little bit of my brother in a certain character. Um, I'm not say which one because he'd probably get mad if you found out which character I based off him. <laughs> but, <laughs> but yeah, I think we do it. And sometimes when I'm writing the book, it's not even conscious. Um, I'll go back and as I'm doing a rereading the edit, I'll be like, holy cow, um, that's a mannerism that I see, you know, that I saw in my grandmother. And it's now being portrayed in somebody else in the book. And, um, I always find it interesting when it's subconscious and then you pick up after the fact. Oh, yeah, totally. Yeah, I've done that, too, where I've written a character and I haven't even even really thought about it. And then I've looked back and I've been like, wow, that's totally this person. Yeah, so that's cool um, because it's just something I ask everybody because it's something that I actually do. So shifting gears a little bit and then I'll get back a little bit to the net to the um, the your next series. But I want to talk a little bit about self-publishing as a method of putting books out, because obviously for somebody like yourself, who is <clears throat> kind of just came on the scene and has been quite prolific and seems to continue to be that way. What have uh, been your thoughts on the process so far? Like, what have you really enjoyed about self-publishing? What have you maybe found to be a little bit more challenging? Because, you know, it's it's for some people that it's not for everybody. Definitely. And uh, I think for me, that was another big factor in actually putting my work out there. Um you know, being a father of three, working full time, being you know, full time in the prison, also working at a, a local college as a professor, uh, time is of the essence. And really writing out Corey letters and trying to send things out. And I was like, ah, I just really don't want to go through all this. I think it will be much easier to self-publish. Right. That was my initial thought. And then going through the process, self-publishing, there's a lot behind it because. When you're writing, you tend to think it's just about the book. It's just about writing. And you're not thinking about cover design. You're not thinking about marketing. You're not thinking about formatting. Um, but those are all pieces when you self-publish, you're in charge of all of it. You can't just hand it off and say, hey, here's the book. You guys make it happen now. Right. Uh, and But I've also enjoyed that aspect, being able to have that control in my marketing, in my advertising, in the design of the cover. Um, I've really enjoyed that piece. From the get-go in self-publishing, the biggest thing that I think I've learned over the past six, seven months, you know, the importance of beta readers, the importance of having people that are going to sit there and edit your work. Um, I always try and find somebody that I know may not be a fan of the genre and say, hey, would you read this and give me honest feedback? And that, for me, has been been a big push forward because, as you know, Mike, not everyone's going to like what, it, what we write. Um, there's going to be audiences that love our work. There's going to be people that don't enjoy it. 
But looking at, okay, well, if you're not a big fan of post-apocalyptic fiction, you know, what are some areas that might make you find an interest here and give it a shot? You know, right. something, as, something as simple as cover design. Um, they say don't judge a book by its cover, but nowadays that's the first thing someone sees, especially on an ebook, is you have the cover and either they're going to say, yes, I'm going to click on this or no, I'm not. So your cover is very important. And, um, you know, things that, you know, I, I wish I would have known moving into it, the marketing piece is, is very time consuming, <laughs> much more than I ever thought it would be. Things like this, you know, doing podcasts, doing interviews, getting your voice out there just so you can be heard. You know, when you go through a, a large publishing company, you know, they have these connections all throughout the world where they can just push your books out and push your stuff out. When you're a self-publisher, you know, this is things you're doing on your own yourself and you're taking your time and your efforts um, to get your work out there. But I think doing it this way for me, it's because it's a passion. And someday, eventually... Maybe it will be a, a full-time career, but if not, I'm not going to stop doing it. I love writing, and even if it's only a small group of, like, you know, 100 people that read my books, that's great. I'll keep writing for those 100 people, and if it grows to more, that's great. And if it ends up being less than that, so be it, because in the end, I'm writing because I love doing it. Me too. It's amazing how many people d- d- decide they're going to self-publish, think that they can just pop a book up on Amazon, and that's it. It'll sell. <laughs> There's a lot of steps, and like you also mentioned um, – you know, I'm a I'm a nut for aesthetic. Like a cover has to appeal to me because there's just so much competition. Mm-hmm. Um, and like I say, uh, like I've said many times, like because everybody can put a book out, mm-hmm. you know, they multiply like gremlins being fed after midnight. Yes, so true. I mean, um, I look at some of my books that I published initially, and I've gone back through now and, and redone covers because looking at the covers I had done initially on my own, um, in the cover design, you know, you can definitely tell a. a uh, non-professional based cover from a professional cover. It, it shows oh. up and it's glare, it's glaring um, when yeah. you see them. Yeah. So I've gone through it and redesigned and redesigned again. And we're yeah, getting there. I've, I've done that too. And I think it's, it's, um, it's so important, um, you know, when you're, you know, playing ball with, with uh, so many out there, you know what I mean? And it's just such a big field. You really have to stand out and you have to be appealing because that it is, so much of this um, is impulse buys. You know what I mean? Well, and that's why I put my face on the back of every book because I figure if someone sees that, they're going to buy the book immediately. <laughs> right. <laughs> or not, maybe. Maybe I should stop doing that. I don't know. Um, uh, yeah, like there's there's two facets, right? There's the impulse buys, which are people that just like to click on pretty things. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's the hardcores that will be the people that um, yeah. you'll meet through communities and, and reader groups and you know, like those alpha beta readers that will spread out and actually share your work and do a feature on you on Instagram and stuff like that. Yes. Like those are, um, and they're equally as important because, um, you know, it might be a smaller minority of people that are the hardcores, but those are the people that will stay. Those are the people that will, that will share when new books come out and, and, you know, attempt to appeal to those impulse buyers for you. So my usual question is, what do you have coming out? Uh, or what's coming up next? And I, I yep. in this case, I already know it's Agent 64. <laughs> um, so tell us a little bit about, first of all, um, we're going to be uh, launching Agents of Tomorrow uh, together very, very uh, shortly. Tell, yes. uh, tell our community a little bit about the new series and why they should be getting it right from the ground up. Definitely. Um, so in Agents of Tomorrow, again, I was playing post-apocalyptic, and I was playing with, you know, what could be, and, of course, as I started the series, I was watching the news talking about the, and they were talking about the pandemic. And I said, well, what if, what if the vaccine 
cause of mutation. You know, not a new thought by any stretch, but during the time we're in, probably a very divisive thought. And I said, you know what? I'm going to write a series where there is a division in our country of, of vaccinated and unvaccinated and where the vaccine actually causes more harm than good. And then playing on politics, going back to our last presidency, you know, having a little fun with the idea of the Mexican border wall and where the uh, cradle of life is going to end up being in the series is down in Guadalajara, Mexico. And now there's a wall that's keeping Americans out from coming across, but we need to get there um, as opposed to what's going on today. So not trying to be too political, but playing on those thoughts kind of came out in the book as I was writing because I thought it'd be something fun to play with, something fun to do. And so pretty much in the book itself, you're going to be following Joshua Miller, who is a convict in the state prison of Washington. And he will find his way out of prison. But during that time, uh, he loses some people and makes some promises that he's got to keep. And this series really, more so than the zombie-like creatures, more so than the suspense of, of trying to survive, I focus a lot on his growth as someone who has been in prison, who's serving a, a triple life sentence. Um, and how he reacts to what's going on around him and keeping his promises and what drives him to follow through or not fall through in certain situations. And that came a lot from my working with the men in the prison system up here in the state of Maine. And I'm looking at, you know, we have men in the system that um, are one-offs. They caused that they, they, they made a choice and ended up going away for, for a long time. Others that um, are there because they're, they're very criminal and, and they need to be, be locked up. Um, but looking at those factors between them and, and seeing that not everyone that's incarcerated and, and Joshua Miller's uh, a case of this um, is evil, is, is purely bad situational things happen and uh, consequences happen uh, but it doesn't make them a necessarily a bad person a bad choice a bad situation so playing on that so in the series the the, the goal is through throughout the series three book series is you know looking at his growth looking at him keeping that promise and then seeing if there is a way to um, come out on the other side on top or or is this really the end of the world yeah, that sounds really, really cool, really fascinating, as, especially as somebody who, um, you know, around the early time of, uh, you know, introducing the vaccines, I, I was very, you know, skeptical about certain things and I did a lot of research and I really wanted to know, uh, you know, because this was, in essence, brand new, new stuff yeah. that was being injected into your body. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And it wasn't, it wasn't, you know, the, the tr- tried and true that every infant gets, you know what I mean? Right. So having dealt with it, so far, you know, I don't, and I would joke, like, am I going to grow a foot out of my head when I do this? You know what I mean? <laughs> yep. So it's, it's definitely, it definitely sounds like a fascinating series that would be interesting for people to read no matter what side of the, uh, of the fence they sit on. I'm very uh, excited for you to be putting it, helping you put it out and also to read it. So what are your plans for later on in the year? Yeah, so I've been um, playing around. Um, I'm definitely going to more post-apocalyptic because that's, that's where my passion really lies. But I'm playing around with some true crime right now, um, something I've always been interested in, trying to, to test out different genres as well. I'll definitely come back to this. Um, also, I just finished my first rough, rough, rough draft of a uh, paranormal thriller dealing with uh, demons and the crossroads and so playing around with those ideas. But um, in the end, by the end of this year, I'm sure I'll be coming back around to uh, another world-ending endeavor because uh, that seems to be what I enjoy, as creepy as that sounds. 
Nice. No, I mean, it's, it's a popular genre. It's got a lot of fans, and if it works, why not? But um, is the paranormal thing uh, expected to be another series or just a one-off? Uh, I'm thinking right now it was started as a one-off, but the way that it was writing, I think there's probably a few more books to me in that to uh, move it into a series. And the other thing, actually, I'm really excited about is in April, I'm planning on releasing the uh, the box set of Earth Has Fallen, which will be five books. So it'll be the four books in the series plus the the, uh, the prequel uh, following Laredo's life. So that's that's going to be a lot of fun, too, when that comes out. That will be awesome. Box sets are always a great opportunity to get a whole bunch of new people in from the ground up, and they take up less space than your Kindle. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so that should be awesome. Um, so I, I like to end um, all my interviews with this question because I think it's so, so important because I really do think that everybody that has ever written published books or wanted to write books has information that from, uh, from their experience that they can bring to other people. So if you could offer new and aspiring authors one major piece of advice that will help them in their journey, what would it be? Uh, the, the biggest piece of advice is have thick skin. Don't worry about reviews. Don't worry about what people think. Write because you love to write. Write because it makes you happy. And, you know, the audience will come. People will find it, and you will find people that enjoy what you write. Um, you'll always have haters out there, people that are going to read it and be like, oh, this is horrible, or you use yeah. too many commas, or, you know, whatever it may be. Um, but thick skin is, you know, right because you love doing it and, and take that chance, you know, get it out there. If you want to go traditional, send out those query letters, you know, don't sit on it. I mean, I'm, I think everyone, you know, I know has a book sitting somewhere in their house or in their mind that they've wanting to write for whatever reason, be it fiction or nonfiction, um, but they've never pulled the trigger, pull, pull the trigger. Yeah, no, I, I, um, I agree. And I think that also um, extends to, that self-sabotage that a lot of uh, mm-hmm. creatives uh, will just uh, inflict on themselves. I know somebody that can write um, 40 books a year and I can only write two. I know somebody that can write 40 books a year that are 200,000 words long and I can only write four books a year that are, you know, maybe 45 or 50,000 words long. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter. You do you. And I, I say that all the time. The first step is getting the, the words on the paper and writing it, writing it down. If you can get, if you can write a novel, even one novel, even a short novel, that's a bucket list thing for so many people. And if you've done it, then you've accomplished something really, really special. Agreed. So yeah, that's excellent advice. Peter, where can people find you if they want to uh, interact with you, uh, know more about your work, you know, just get to know your stuff? Yeah, definitely. I, I was going to be a wise guy and tell you, you know, come up to Lewiston, Maine, and we can sit down for coffee, and I can tell you all about it. Um, but, but no, I mean, I'm of course, I, I sell on Amazon, so Amazon.com. I have the author page on there. Um, I have my own website, Writings by Sir Video. I'm on Twitter, um, and I'm on Instagram at, at Sir Video Peter, and I'm on TikTok at Writings by Sir Video. Pretty much, you pick the platform, I'm there. I like to have some fun with the different platforms, especially TikTok. I'm really enjoying using that for putting some stuff out there. And my kids have been helping me with that as well, making some videos since they uh, they are much more tech-savvy than I am. I tried TikTok once, and by the time I got through one video, and my daughter actually helped direct it as well. And when I got through the one video, I was so exhausted, and I was like, how do people do this like, three times a day to hit that? I know people that... Literally, they say that if you really want to kill it with TikTok uh, and, and influence that algorithm, you need to post like three to four videos per day every day. Um, yeah, it's it's a lot. 
Yeah. So I tried, but anyway, um, so, uh, anyone listening, uh, check out Peter's work because it's excellent and it's freaky and realistic in its own way and a, a whole lot of fun and definitely entertaining. And, you know, like Peter said, everybody needs a little more entertainment these days. Peter, it's been an absolute pleasure to talk to you today. Thank you, Mike. It's been my pleasure. Stay safe. You too. This has been Authors in Focus. You can find my satirical fantasy novels on Amazon. Need help finding readers? Connect with me on Facebook in the Fantasy Sci-Fi Focus group or at authorsinfocus at gmail.com. You can find more episodes of this podcast at fantasy-focus.com and where your favorite podcasts are hosted. Mm-hmm.